Hey, time for you to reach your full potential. Getting into health and fitness, this is what you're missing. Going harder, ain't nothing gonna stop you. Go on a journey with genetics coach Laura Rogers. Yeah, here to take you to the next level. Been in the health and fitness industry since 07. Working with so many athletes. Push it to the limit with world champions, yeah, and some Paralympians. Hey, working from Brisbane to Singapore. We train, we going hard. All out, we keep it raw. Laura Rogers, let's go. In this week's episode of Real Talk, I speak with subconscious success coach, Helena Day. This is our second podcast together, and I am so excited to bring more of her to you. But you know what? She kind of flipped the script on me because she ended up asking me quite a number of things about self-acceptance, which I think is key to finding inner, well, creating actually, creating inner peace. And I think that is imperative when it comes to overall health and happiness. I really do believe that happiness and health and health and happiness go hand in hand. I think that's often overlooked by the quote unquote health and fitness industry. So in recent times, I have been posting some pretty, well, exposed images of myself, shall we say? And she wanted to ask me a few questions about that and creating self-acceptance, how I've come to a place of acceptance for me as I am in this moment. You know, for the most part, I still have some, you know, off days, off weeks, off hours, as we all do. I'm human too. So that was super fun. And I think we struck up a great conversation about how we can look to do this for ourselves. Unfortunately, we don't always feel accepted by those nearest and dearest to us. But ultimately, what's most important is we accept us. And that's all we have. We come into this world with nothing and we leave with nothing. So I hope you enjoy it. Please be sure to connect with her on the following links provided and let us know what you think. I hope you will catch the next episode of A Real Talk. How are you? I am really well, thank you. We got How are you, the gram. Good. Look who it is. She's back. A second podcast being recorded. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exciting. I am excited. Yeah. Today. I think it's such a great topic. Um, and interestingly, not something that I've dedicated a whole episode to, which is crazy because I really see the importance of it. And think there's so much crossover between our industries when it comes to what we're going to talk about. So let's dive straight in. What are we chit-chatting about? We are going to talk today about self-acceptance. And actually the topic came up for me because I have been really aware of all of your posts and this amazing photo shoot, which you have been (laughs) kind of drifting into Instagram. Uh-huh. So I am, and I obviously as a coach, I'm working with many, many men and women mm-hmm. on self-acceptance. Mm-hmm. And so I was really so keen to have this conversation with you. Ah. Find out where you are with it because you're at a stage with self-acceptance, which is a stage which is much more unconditional than a lot mm. of people that I work with. Mm. So I thought it might be interesting to hear from you and hear your take. I know you're going to love this. <laughs> uh-huh. 
your take on self-acceptance and mm. how you've got to where you are today with being mm. able to accept the parts of yourself, the good, mm. the bad, the ugly. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us. Oh my gosh, you flipped it on me. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, she got me good. She got me good. This is awesome. Um, and so interesting because do you know what? Um, actually, one of my superstars asked me this just the other week, just last week. She asked me something very, very similar. Uh, she has recently branched out. She's kind of left the corporate world and started doing her own thing relatively recently. And uh, I think she asked me a very similar question, something to the effect of like, how have you coped with, you know, knowing that you were different? Um, And I I see it as like an evolution, right? Like how I feel towards myself now in this moment is just now in this moment. And so I think that's a huge part of it. It's just recognizing that every moment is a moment and things are only set in stone if you so choose for them to be. And that's where we have like a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. And when you have an openness to things changing, then obviously it invites opportunity for things to change. When it's like, I'm having a bad day. Well then, yeah, it's likely your whole day is going to be shit based on something that happened in 60 seconds. And even I catch myself thinking that too, right? Like I had a challenging morning the other morning, but I you know, was very conscious in just letting it be a challenging morning. And I very easily could have gone, oh, today's a bad day. But I said to myself, well, it is what it is. And it can be a moment. It can be a morning. It can be a whole day. But ultimately, that lies in me. And I have the power to influence that and how long that affects me for. So I guess it's just so much to cover. Shit. Ken of worms, Ken of worms. I know, but let's talk about that. Let's just let's just stay with that for a moment, okay? Okay. Which is that it is just a moment. Yes. Okay. So for most of the people that I work with, that reframe is actually really important because actually from moment to moment, we change, our feelings change, there's things Mm -hmm. going on in our external environment that cause us to feel differently. And so really embracing that notion that it is a moment that we're in. Yeah, that's all that we have, right? Because what's happened has happened. Um, What will happen, you know, I mean, if that happens, let's worry about that if we get there. Um, So all we really have at any given point of time is the moment that we're in. And, you know, that's easy to say. But again, it's it's like flexing any muscle. It's it's just reminding yourself of the power in the now. And the power is always in the now because either side of that is stuff that you can't control. You can influence the future, sure. You can't affect what's happened. It's happened. You can alter your relationship to what has happened and you can influence your relationship to what might may happen. You can influence outcomes that are yet to outcome. <laughs> you know, but what is now is what is now so I I see people you know feel depressed when they live in the past and feel anxious when they live in the future and I guess that's why part of the reason why I feel that I'm able to have quite a good headspace is because I recognize the power of now and that's maybe reiterated through sport I've been in sport from a very young age um, and literally all you have in front of you is the race you're about to do so you can't let a bad first race or second event affect your third you know like if you want a positive outcome from the next race you have to step up behind the blocks 
and not necessarily disconnect from what has happened, but just let it be, deal with it when, you know, you have the time and space to deal with it and just recognize that I'm about to swim as fast as I can for about 60 seconds and ready, set, go. That's all that you have. So, yeah. you know, potentially sport really reiterated the power of the now to me. It's like, well, you want to perform well on stage for the dance you're about to do? Well, this is it. You're, you're like yeah. about two minutes, 30, three minutes of whatever's about to happen and that's all you got. So be there, be in that moment and, and soak it all up because you, you don't get to redo it. <laughs> yeah. There is so much beauty, I think, in the training that sport can have for people in terms of being aware of the breath, because mm-hmm. in most sports, breath is absolutely key to your success. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in being really um, laser focused mm-hmm. on that moment in time. And you're right, exactly when you say that you were talking about the past and the future and depression and anxiety, uh, mm. which is what I my clients about a lot which is if you're living in an imagined future because that's Mm -hmm. what it is let's be honest not happened so it's your imagination so if you're living there that is where anxiety exists and it also lives in a constructed past okay because everybody's uh, perception of the past is different Uh, so that is where it lives but when Mm. we're right here in the now Wow, that is when we get to experience. That Mm. is when we get to experience everything. And as I listen to you talk and I'm listening to you and I'm thinking about your journey of like accepting who you are, where Mm. do you think you are on that journey? Because I think it's a journey for all of us. Let's be honest. Mm. It's totally a journey for me, myself, which I'm still on. And Mm -hmm, where are mm -hmm. you on that? Um, I guess I think of it as a continuum, right? So I don't see it ever ending until I'm dead. <laughs> um, but maybe certainly, correct, yeah, because who knows what happens thereafter. I, I definitely feel, look, if I look back to five, six, seven, eight-year-old version of myself, I feel light years ahead of that. Um, yeah, I mean, every life experience that I go through, I feel that grows because I mean without expanding that self-acceptance I'm not putting myself in a position to you know quote unquote flex that muscle so I I think as every six months 12 months and beyond goes on I think that increases um for me it's yeah a continuum it's it's not something that you can quantify it's not a like I started at a six out of 10 and now I'm a 10 out of 10. Uh, Cause for me, it's, it's beyond that. It's beyond quantifiable. It's, and I think this is an important thing too, when it comes to health and fitness goals, especially we are so quick to want to quantify things, the weight on the scale, someone's body fat percentage, how much weight they can lift, what can they deadlift? Um, and, and great. Like it's nice to have quantifiable things in numbers, but there's so much you can't quantify and feeling good with your own skin is one of those things that it's hard to put a number on. And for me, it's one of the best byproducts of the work that I do with my clients. And I'm sure similar for you, right? To see people turn up to the gym and feel at peace being there, to feel comfortable, to feel like this is their space, the place where they can thrive, um, to feel 
accepting of where they're at in their journey. Like th- this is where you're at. Okay, you're five kilos heavier than what, where you want to be. But like, let's take a moment to appreciate that person because that person is just as valuable as the person who's 10 kilos overweight is just as valuable as you at your quote unquote ideal weight. You know, the value does not sit in the number on the scale. You know, how much power, how much more powerful can you feel within your own skin? That to me is much more interesting. How do I get someone to turn up to the gym and be like, fuck yeah, bring it on. I'm here. I'm ready to roll. Even if you are 10 kilos overweight or, you know, 15% body fat, more than what, where you want to be. To me, that's just like such a beautiful thing. And, you know, I guess looking at my acceptance of myself, yeah, I'm relatively at peace with who I am as a person. Um, not to say that that's an overnight thing. <laughs> I have many moments of being like, fuck's sake, Laura. Um, many, many moments of that. And learning to love. That's important, that's important yeah. for people to hear because most people see the, you know, and the the images and they think, gosh, she would never feel like that. She's got such a beautiful body and, you know, she's never going to, she's never going to have those self-doubts creep in. Yeah, completely. And, and you know, it's interesting. Some people will know this about me. Some people will not. I myself have been 15, one, five one five kilos heavier than what I am today I have been more than double my body fat percentage that I am today and so yeah kind of piggybacking on what you just said yeah people see the photos and they're like of course you feel good within your own skin look at you and like yeah good observation you've seen a teeny tiny incy wincy sliver of my entire journey well done yes round of applause for you eat a dick I know (laughs) this is it with comparisonitis okay Mm -hmm, we are mm -hmm. comparing ourselves to people on their best day when we're generally having our worst okay so we're looking around and and so that feeds directly into our self-acceptance and our Mm -hmm, Uh, mm self-esteem and so when I'm working with clients on this I'm really looking at how can they fully accept themselves for exactly who they are, like warts and all. Mm-hmm. We are working, often we're working towards this goal of perfectionism, which does not even exist. What mm-hmm. is it? Mm-hmm. What, is, what, is, what is that? What is that? Totally. Um, yeah. And you know, it's interesting. Something that I try to highlight in my own, I guess, physical transformation from being 15 kilos heavier and double my body fat percentage now is I didn't feel less towards myself then. I didn't resent myself for being that size and shape and weight. I didn't feel like, ew, look at her, like gross. No, I was like, do you know what? This chick's been through a lot. This chick has swam for 12 years, completely tied up her whole identity in swimming, has now lost swimming, is grieving in a sense, you know, for lack of a better term perhaps, is now in a way grieving swimming it's no longer what she does for four hours a day 25 hours a week swim 60 kilometers a week etc 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 like that's no longer that's been that has all been taken away like that like in two seconds with that has gone her identity of herself she's now unable to exercise so I couldn't exercise for about two years that's how functional and I hate that word that's how functional her body was, people. She couldn't exercise for two years. So it's not just that I couldn't swim. 
I couldn't exercise. I couldn't walk to the bus stop without getting a stitch. Like that's the condition my body was in, right? So I actually was very empathetic towards myself. I was like, this chick's been through a lot. And at the same time, I had every belief in my ability to get my body back to where it was and then some. And I knew that that was going to be a journey. I knew it was going to be a process. And I was like, everything will come together. Now I'm in a position to start exercising again. This was about two years later. I finally found the right health professional to help me through my injury. And I'm like, it's all, all of this weight's going to come off. I know how to get myself back to where I've been. And I think it's a big thing that people forget. People forget what they've been through. And so they're very quickly to lose faith. On my worst day in the gym or at work, I'm like, what's the worst thing I've been through? I'm like, yeah, so today's not that bad, is it? I'm like, no, it's not that bad. (laughs) Or this moment is not that bad. This moment in time is not that bad. It just feels amplified because I'm hungry, because I'm tired, because X, Y, and Z. But in the grand scheme of things, if I look at what I've been through, I've been through a lot and I got through it and I'm okay. And I can get through what is in front of me. And I think people are very quick to forget their own strength, not just physical strength, of course, we're talking mental and emotional strength too. So that really got me through. Yeah. And that's a really empowering, beautiful story to share. And for many people out there. So what we see with self-acceptance is that if you have had compassionate parents, you tend to be able to be more compassionate to yourself. Mm. And so if you've had childhood experiences which, which perhaps have not been so supportive, maybe you've had really critical parents, maybe you've been really bullied, discriminated against, you've had poor performance in school, um, you've had parents who just don't role model self-acceptance for you. Mm. This is where many, it's much more difficult to find that really empowering part of you. Because you have to work through all of this almost, you know, conditioning, this preconditioning you've had towards this negative outlook towards yourself. So this is a lot of where I work with my clients in this space of helping them to unpick some of what has happened in the past to then allow them to step into a really empowering story like you Mm. just shared Yeah, I can own myself because self-acceptance is about fully accepting yourself for exactly who you are, like warts and all, all of it. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. most of it, it's a lifelong journey. It's something that we're constantly doing, constantly doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And moving through that comparisonitis, which for most of us is still a lifelong journey. There's still extra layers that we have to move through Mm. with that I think too, you know, it's culturally or societally perhaps, it's not yet, it doesn't yet seem like an okay thing for people to be nice towards themselves. Do you know, like the number of people who would be very quick to label me as being arrogant. um, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who would observe my behavior and in two seconds be like, she's arrogant. Um, I'm sorry, since when was it a bad thing for you to like yourself? Like, fuck, do you know? <laughs> why Why do we hate on people who like themselves? Can someone please explain yeah. that to me? It makes no yes. sense. I mean, yeah. so I you can should explain. like you. You should like you. You have permission to like you. That's okay. Like, that's a good, healthy thing. It's okay yeah. to be like, 
I'm awesome. Hello, I'm awesome. Let me introduce myself to you. Hi, my name's awesome. Yes, surname awesome. Middle name also awesome. Yeah. Like, that's just yeah. it. But we then, really don't like that. Yeah. So there's so many things that feed into it. And part of it's like even like society and cultural norms around how we should be, especially as females. Mm-hmm. We should be modest. We should be humble. Fuck and that. So we grow up with these perceptions about how we should be, which mean, you know, that we can't say these things about ourselves. We can't embrace ourselves. We can't praise ourselves. Okay. Because mm-hmm. that's, mm-hmm. really that's whatever the negative talk that goes on around that for you you know mm-hmm. oh, I can't say that you know when you say to another uh somebody else oh my gosh I love your top and they're like oh yes. god this you know just secondhand <laughs> or god I've had it for ages it's like the worst thing in my wardrobe you know we're so um self-deprecating mm-hmm. and it is drummed into us from a very early age so often we can look at those patterns which come through our family lines through our mothers mm-hmm. and we can how the kind of stories we were told about Mm -hmm. being really openly um praising of ourselves Mm -hmm. and we can see it comes from our culture and from society Mm. and then we inherently take this on and we feel like we can't be because that means we're not being you know a perfect you know woman or female Mm -hmm. or whatever it is that we're trying to be Mm. so we have these parts of ourselves that we really can't accept. Mm. I, so- you know, that's so interesting. I it just reminds me of something that happened to me when I was seven. When you speak about like growing up and family and cultural norms and societal norms, it reminds me of two different examples where I was, I think of a similar age in both examples. Um, once I was at a friend's place and they had other like family members like adults so their parents had their own friends you know with them at their house and um one lady complimented me on my hat I was wearing like a fedora style hat at the time and she's like oh I love your hat it's it's really cute and I said something like I know right and my mom looked at me like completely appalled like Laura I'm like what she's like of course she likes my hat. It's amazing. Um, yeah, apparently that didn't go down so well. But, okay, you know, I've, I'm quite aware of the fact that I've been a bit of a rebel since day dot. Um, and the other example is really interesting just because it involves both of my parents. Uh, I was seven and I was putting together an outfit to wear to a, um, a violin performance. So I had this really cute dress on. And I paired it with this white, uh, not quite a blouse. I mean, it was more like a cotton style shirt, like button down shirt. So I had laid that over the top of the dress. And I was like, oh, look at me go so stylish. Like, this looks cute, no? And I mentioned something, I think, to my mom, like, hey, doesn't this look cute? Like, here I am, seven, going on eight, dressing myself, looking real sharp. And (laughs) I don't recall exactly what my mom said but I think she was a bit like rolling her eyes like oh my god who is this girl she's too much she's so extra and she may have said something to the effect of oh we'll have to widen the doorways at home to accommodate for your ego which she said to me a lot growing up it didn't stop me from being you know not so modest um we'll just say that 
And then my dad said something to the effect of, well, don't we want her to grow up and to have good self-esteem? Like, shouldn't we be like, you go girl, you look awesome. And I'm like, oh my God, my parents are just so different. They're on totally different pages about this. Like you guys need to talk to each other. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a beautiful example. So in your mm. home, you had mm. parents that had very conflicting views. Yeah. And so you able from one parent to hear one side and from the other to hear the other and then you could you know you can cut you could kind of pick and choose in many households you know there's only one view that people Mm. are hearing and so you know as we grow up we're told there's so many things that we shouldn't be we shouldn't Mm. feel we shouldn't and we put these all it's almost like we carry a backpack on our back through life and we Mm. put these like no don't be that don't be too big for your boots you know don't be arrogant don't be Uh things in our backpack as we go through like all these things that we should not be completely become like a shadow they become our shadow okay and so these are the things which I'm working with my clients on in our sessions are these things which they've always felt for their entire life that they should not be but actually in order to be to be whole, they need to reintroduce some of the energy, okay, because it's mm. energy that gets locked up in the backpack. They need to reintroduce mm. some of that energy back into their lives mm-hmm. in order and then to feel whole because when we have these whole parts of ourselves that are repressed and we're not able to be, that's when conflict starts coming in for us. Right, because then there's that internal friction, right? Like I am like this. But these people or these groups of people, society, cultural norms tell me that I shouldn't be these things. So the energy is working in different directions. Like your intrinsic energy is going one way and then the extrinsic energy is going in a different direction. And so then there's a misalignment there. And that's when people feel stuck because it's like, but that's part of me. But I don't feel like I have the space and permission to own that part of me and so then you end up like rejecting yourself and rejecting yourself and rejecting yourself and rejecting and then people like I got no energy I'm like yes because you don't sleep and you hate yourself I mean yes and you also you don't sleep because you stay up late at night thinking about how much you hate yourself and thinking about how much you hate all these things about yourself but actually if you gave fewer fucks about all those extrinsic things and connected with the bits of you that you're currently rejecting and learn to love them, you'd have so much more energy and you'd sleep better. Yes. Brilliant. So how do people do that? Which is a really, really, really interesting. So that's what I'm working with people on. Like, how do they do that? How do they then start to really appreciate the parts of themselves, which they've been told for Mm. their whole lives that they shouldn't be, they shouldn't feel. And they've started telling themselves. So for me, a first step comes down to gratitude and really mm. embracing that energy of gratitude mm. in your life for who you are, for everything that you have. That's where mm. it starts. Mm. Okay. Things in your life which you really do appreciate. And it is such the energy of gratitude is the most beautiful energy. It really is. So it's about sitting down in the morning if you have some time just for a few minutes just to really embrace, okay, what are three things in my work that I'm grateful for? What are three things about me? And that one's always harder for people. What are three things about me that I am really, really grateful for? 
Um, so starting the day in that kind of energy mm. and then really becoming aware of the thoughts and feelings that are running through your head throughout the day. Because unless we have that awareness, we can't choose to make any different choices. So it mm. all starts with awareness, becoming aware of what's happening, becoming aware of what that internal monologue is that's telling you, no, you know what? You, you're too fat in that. You look awful. Don't be too mm-hmm. bossy. Don't put, you know, don't be so visible. People won't like you. Whatever mm. it is that your internal um, monologue monologue says to you. Mm. And then I always think it's really important for people to choose the people around them consciously, mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because you become like like the five people. You've heard that, haven't you? Yeah. You become yeah. like the five people that you spend the most time with. Okay. And there's real, real truth in that. So if you're spending all of your time with people that really hate on themselves, Mm -hmm. then guess what? You're going to be picking up some of that. You're going to be sitting in that energy. So just being really, really conscious about who you do, who are you choosing to be in your support system? Mm. Sometimes people say, oh, you know what? I can't, I can't choose um you know I can't choose my family yes that's true okay you can't choose there's certain things which you can't choose in life but you can choose how much time you spend with them completely so if you're really honest with yourself and you're Mm. really honest about the influence that some people in your life are having on you then perhaps there's some difficult choices that you need to make okay Mm. have a vision for yourself which is I really really want to learn how to accept as much of myself as I possibly can in this lifetime. Mm. And there are some more difficult decisions we need to make along the way in that. It's, it's definitely, I think, an ongoing process of filtering your thoughts, filtering your circle, filtering what you expose yourself to in terms of media, in terms of what you, you know, read, in terms of what you choose to see, in terms of what you seek out. Um, like I love it when people want to blame magazines for their low self-esteem, but they continue to buy trashy magazines that do nothing but bash people for their body image. I'm like, oh yeah, okay. Tell me how that's working out for you. Um, so again, it kind of goes back to what we discussed in our previous podcast, you know, like taking that responsibility and remembering you get to choose who you become. And if you want to choose to accept yourself, that comes with certain decisions and responsibilities. And, you know, if you're continuing to choose to reject yourself, you know, that's, that's going to come with a certain experience and experiences in life. And, and you get to choose whatever fulfills you. And I think, you know, that awareness is so powerful. What I see helps a lot of people, uh, myself included, is what is the angle on what it is that, that you're communicating to yourself? Because, in the same breath, someone could describe me as being bossy, you know, in the next sentence, someone could say, you know, she's building an empire and it's similar, you know, somewhat similar, but the way it's being communicated is very different, right? You know, confident and arrogant can, can come from the same person. You can see confidence in someone. The next person could see arrogance. It's all about that perspective. And so, all about that. 
right? Like, are you choosing an empowering perspective? If not, that's your choice. You can choose an empowering perspective. You know, if you're someone who's like, I'm always going to be the fat girl in the corner who has no friends. Well, okay. Is that really helping you become the person that you want to be? Um, Also, maybe get different friends. (laughs) Maybe find people who like you for you because you bring a lot to the table. Um, Yeah. But also just on that last point, who are you choosing to be? Sometimes what we consciously think that we're choosing to be, we have, as we were talking about on our last podcast, we have our Mm. subconscious patterns, which are actually working contradictory to what with our rational brain we say we're not. So, for example, you think, of course, I'm not choosing to be the fat girl in the corner. Right. But actually, in your subconscious, you have patterning that mm-hmm. is running that mm-hmm. is identifying you in that place. Yeah. So it is really important when you start to, when you have a big vision for yourself, that mm-hmm. you really start to align all of you with that mm-hmm. vision. And really stepping into those places where you feel some conflict, those places where you feel stuck, because those are the places where there's probably still some work to do. There's probably still some healing to do. Mm. I agree. And I see that as a, again, I don't ever see issues as being like dealt with in their entirety. I don't think anything's ever like a tick the box, did it, done, over with. I see it as a, as a, as an evolution, like a continuum, right? Like, what is my relationship to that in this moment? And that in six months' time is probably going to be different. That in two years' time is probably going to be different. For me, it's it's revisiting. And not in a nature of dwelling, not in a way of me pulling myself down. For me, on a personal level, it's like, okay, so my relationship with XYZ used to be this. Now my relationship with this part of me is... Da, 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 da. And I'm open to having that evolve again and continuing to evolve. And I I think that's really where people make great strides of improvement um, internally and on a personal development level is when they have that openness to change. And when, you know, even if you don't know what happens next or I don't know what the next step looks like, I don't know how I'm going to see myself you know, that's not really important so much as the point of having that openness and willingness to change is because without that, you can't create anything for yourself. Yeah. And so the word which is coming up for me as you talk is, and you mentioned it before, responsibility. Oh, bingo. There you go. Okay. It's about Uh responsibility and it is showing, it's about showing up and knowing that you are responsible for everything that has happened in your life so far. And that's actually really difficult to stomach for some people when they look at their lives and they think, oh my goodness, is this what I've created? And the answer is yes. (laughs) The answer is yeah, okay, yes. So, you know, and there's no, and if you can come to that with curiosity rather than judgment of yourself, which is like, oh my God, how have I created this? But Mm -hmm. if you can come curiosity about okay wow because I've created this I get to create something else if I choose okay because mm. with um, with responsibility comes tremendous power as well 
So, which is something that so many of us give away. Like we give away our power to all mm-hmm. of these other people around mm-hmm. us. Yeah, that we are truly, truly powerful beings. So, so, much so yeah, when we step into that place of embracing that we are responsible for our lives totally, completely, 100%. And that means that we have the power to create, to change, to choose. Mm-hmm. Is a beautiful, beautiful place to be. I love that to create, to change, to choose. Oh, it's like my vows to myself. <laughs> I, know, just, I promise <laughs> to continue to create, to choose. To what was the other one? <laughs> Shit, I need to write that down. I'm gonna have to rewind. <laughs> rewind. <laughs> I'm gonna get that on a T-shirt. Um, yeah, but and I, I so see that with people. You know, they see old photos of themselves and they're like how did I come to look like this I'm like the cool thing is if you've got yourself here you can you know everything is changeable I'm always saying this to my clients like aside from your height and aside from your age and we can lie about those two things if you want me to I'm, I'm on board with lying about them the rest of the measurements we can change you know like obviously with applying yourself and over time your weight will come down, your body fat can come down, your waist measurement, all the tape measure measurements can come down, your height, your age, we can embellish, but you know, yeah. the rest, it's just a measurement. Look into that as far as you want to. If it empowers you, cool. If not, let's not worry so much about it. Also, and again, it's changeable. Yes, yes, yes. And it all comes back to where we started this original conversation, which is about how much can you accept yourself in this moment for exactly who you are, what and all. So you can have a vision for yourself, which is absolutely wonderful. And everybody should have, by the way, if you don't like really work on that. Yeah, for sure. The energy that you can move towards that vision with is either the energy of abundance which is the energy of stepping into, yes, I, you know, appreciate myself. I'm grateful for what I have. I'm moving towards my vision or it's the energy of lack, which is, Mm. okay, I hate myself. I need to be there and I'm not there. Why aren't Mm. I there? Why are other people further ahead than me? Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we know which energy is going to get you further, closer to your goal in a shorter amount of time with a much more enjoyable journey along the way. 100%. And I'm forever saying that people who like themselves look after themselves. And everyone's so focused on the metric of of losing the weight. I'm like, the interesting thing is you'll probably do all those things that you know you should do if you start to, you know, map your actions to your beliefs. And even more so if you let your beliefs about yourselves evolve because everyone's like, I'm just going to cut calories. I'm just going to run every day. I'm just going to starve myself and do exercise I hate. I'm like, "Mm, okay, yeah, that that doesn't sound very sustainable or fun. Why don't you instead tell me what you like about yourself? And no one can answer that question. As you said before, when I ask people what they like about themselves, they're very quick to tell me about their family. I'm like, that's cool, but that's your family. That's different. That ain't you. What do you like about you? Now, if you can't answer that question, I don't think you're going to be able to lose weight and keep it off long term. I really don't because you're just going to get in your way. You're just going to, you know, you're going to 
fuck up again and again and again and again because you have programmed into yourself and continue to hold to hold on to those disempowering beliefs that you can't keep the weight off, that you can't lose it, that you can't keep it off, that you're not worthy of having you know the the lifestyle that you want you're not worthy of keeping off the weight you're not worthy of you know everything else that you think will come with the weight loss which by the way you don't get happier when you lose weight like you don't you just busted that that myth out the water (laughs) my job my job you don't get happier again when I was 15 kilos heavier I didn't think less of myself. Like I was very accepting of who I was in that moment because I recognized it was a moment. It was not like, oh, I'm a bad person and I'm forever going to be a bad person. What was me? I'm going to have no friends. It was like, yeah, this bitch has been through a lot. Give her a break. Do you know? <laughs> so. Beautiful conversation yeah. with Ellen. This is fun. She flipped the switch. She's flipped the I switch. I love it. I ask people questions. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I like it. No, it's good. And yeah, I, I think so, so beautifully ties into health. I really want to make sure I talk about mental health as much as physical health because they all go hand in hand. They're all so intertwined and linked. And the health and fitness space needs to catch up and recognize that. Um, And it's something that really echoes my ethos and my approach to working with people, which is I'm not here to help you lose as much weight as quickly as possible. I want you to walk in here and feel like a strong badass and a strong badass who likes themselves. Yes. In this moment and in the next moment and in the next moment and in the next moment. exactly and these are the parallels that we see between our worlds which is in that I'm constantly you know working with my clients subconscious mindsets and their you know laid down belief systems to allow them to let go of what they need to let go of so they can step into a place where they accept themselves more Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where they can enjoy themselves more when they where they can enjoy their experience of life more where they can take responsibility for all parts of their life and so choose make different choices right and and then they get to create so many more things in so many more different directions of their life and bring so many more dimensions to their life or experience so many more dimensions of their own life which they're yet to experience um and I, I just think there's so much more living for all of us to be doing to be honest there's just yes. so much more living so yeah thanks for this this is a real treat yeah it was a treat for me I've got an idea for a next one so (laughs) well I'm all ears chick I'm all ears so yeah really awesome to speak to you today darling likewise thank you so much as always we will have your um social media social media handles below so people can connect with you directly should they like what you're about which why wouldn't they let's be real um and send me your thoughts for the next podcast because i am 100 in okay love you to speak to you likewise you take care thanks See you. Bye. bye Guys, that's it. That's a wrap. That's all we've got time for. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Real Talk with your gal pal. That's me, Laura Rogers. Please be sure to leave us a review. Give us your feedback on what else you would like me to talk about. 
I always want to deliver content on things that excite you and that are going to benefit you in your health and fitness journey. So do give us a review. Before you forget, I know you're busy. I've got to run off and record another episode. Do check us out on the other social media platforms listed below as well, because you might just like what you see or hear there. So, you know, be sure to do that. I look forward to catching up with you in the next episode. And again, please leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. It would mean the absolute world to me. Stay healthy and I'll see you in the next one.